North Holland, it is good to be here. Thank you so much for uh, welcoming us, allowing us to come and uh, be a part of worship with you today. Uh, our family has been looking forward to this for a very, very long time, and it's so good to be with you. Uh, I want to just thank you, start out by thanking you. Uh, you know, 17 years now in ministry, you have an opportunity to look back and reflect upon years and even over a decade, almost two decades, and one of the things you begin to realize is how much you have grown as a person and as a pastor over that time. And when you look back, you start to realize, whoa, 17 years ago, I was a very different person and pastor. And you welcomed me in, I say rookie, green, wet behind the ears, whatever you want to use, uh, but we could just say raw. And you welcomed me and Heather in, and you loved us, and you embraced us, you cared for us, you allowed us to experience what it's like to be pastor and family and to do ministry. And I'm sure there were moments where we walked away from one another and you were like, oh boy, that kid's got some learning yet to do. And, uh, but you were gracious and so kind to me and to Heather, and we thank you for that. And we know that you have, just know that you have had such an instrumental part in our life and in our world and in our ministry. So we thank you for that. Thank you for welcoming our kids as they came to our home. You made baptismal covenants with that baptismal font right there with them, and we're grateful for your your role in their lives, and uh, we speak of you, North Holland, often in our home, and we speak of you fondly, and we're grateful for you, and we're so good, glad to be back. Uh, we're also grateful for the work that God is continuing to do in and through you. Uh, we are grateful for 60, if I do math, 63, which is always suspect, right? Check my math. 63 years of a fair booth, fantastic. Uh, continued your heart for mission, your continued heart for interns and welcoming those along the journey of a call to ministry. We're so grateful for that. Uh, we had an opportunity a couple days ago to walk around Western Seminary and uh, see some of the additions that they had been doing. And we ran into a professor and we ran into some staff and start to make the connection. And we talk about North Holland and their faces light up uh, because you are doing great kingdom work and you're doing wonderful, uh, wonderful ministry, and they're grateful for you, and I am grateful for you, and I'm so grateful that uh, uh, for, for your staff, I've got to meet Jake and Aaron today, obviously you know Jennifer and Rachel, and uh, did I miss any other staff? I, is that it? Okay, and, and of course Stephen, and I hope you know what a gift you have in Pastor Stephen, and he is a wonderful pastor, someone who I look up to, and I'm so grateful for him and for his ministry here and I want to tell you one quick true story. He has no idea about this, but one, one true story about uh, Stephen. Several years ago, we were looking for an associate pastor, and we, uh, we were looking at someone who had just graduated from seminary. And I called the seminary, and I said to the person I was talking to there, I said, I look at these you know, new people who are coming out of ministry. Uh, you know, they don't have experience. I said, I'm looking for someone. I said, do you know Stephen DeVries? He's my 10 out of 10. Is this person that we're looking at, how does he rank up to Stephen? That's the esteem that I have for Stephen. I think he's a fantastic pastor, and I hope you recognize how blessed you are to have him here and grateful for his ministry, along with Caitlin and their family here amongst you all. So grateful to be here. Uh, I know I'm talking a lot already, but if I could, can I just give you a little quick family update? Would that be okay? Um, our, our family's here with, us, uh, with me this morning. Uh, I'll start with Josiah. So he's our oldest. He is 15 now. Uh, he is going to be a freshman in the Waukee School District. And he has a school permit, which means that he can drive back and forth to school by himself. 
my heart flutters even when I say that, right? But he's done that, he's done that several times now. He's doing a great job. Uh, but he is, uh, Josiah is all sports all the time. He is looking forward. Football camp starts tomorrow. Uh, he's looking forward to football season, basketball season. He will do track because he wants to stay in shape for the others, so it's a necessary evil. But he loves sports. He loves those sorts of things. Uh, Josiah uh, is, a, is, is a reader. He's smart. He loves history. He's uh, full of life, and he brings a lot of joy and adventure into our home. Uh, and we are very grateful for him. And uh, uh, his highlight of this year would be, I don't know, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he would say he zoomed past Heather in height. So now he is the second tallest in our family, and he's very excited about that. So that's Josiah. Uh, Hannah is our second child. Hannah is 13. She is going to be an eighth grader uh, in the Waukee School District. And you will find Hannah doing all sorts of anything creative, anything with... Uh, designing or uh, art or, uh, you know, she's got this enormous wall in her room where it's, it's pictures and inspirational sayings and funny moments and just this beautiful collage. And she's thinking about recipes and how do we do it. So all these creative things. And Hannah is thoughtful. She is responsible. She has the ability to uh, ask questions and, and she will genuinely listen to your response. It's a really great thing. And uh, uh, we appreciate Hannah. And uh, she, we all benefit from Hannah's uh, organizational skills that she inherited from her mom. So we're grateful for her as well. Uh, and then Judah is our youngest. He will be 11 uh, in two weeks. And uh, Judah will be in fifth grade. And so this is our last year in the elementary school, which, yes, makes us older. Yes, we are getting old. Uh, but Judah is... Uh, He's one who, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk to the keyboard here. Watch out after worship. He likes an open piano. He would love to play for you a song that he has committed to memory. He loves piano, uh, and beyond that, he has no sit in him. He, up for a bike ride, up for a run, up for a walk, up for pickleball, up for let's do something, let's go, and let's go, let's go. He loves to be outside and running around and always on the go. Uh, what we love about Judah, too, is that he's got this tender heart and this empathetic spirit, and he can walk into a room and he can feel what's happening. And he cares deeply and carries deeply uh, the needs and the, the, the feelings of others. And uh, he's a friend to all. And uh, we're grateful for him, for him too. Uh, Heather is now coming up on seven years of uh, her role as a client advocate at uh, Waukee Area Christian Services, which is a social agency that has a food pantry, free medical clinic, community garden, eviction prevention, social services, backpack ministry. It helps and serves those in need in our community. And Heather works one-on-one -on -one with clients and their families to help them navigate the social services. And so Heather carries a lot in her heart because there is a lot of need uh, in our world. And so she carries that deeply within her. Uh, she is the master scheduler of all of our kids' activities and all of our things that were going on. She keeps us in all the details happening, and we're grateful for that. And her competitive spirit, my competitive spirit, still reigns strong, and we love to cheer our kids on, whether they are doing... Uh, show choir or basketball or drama or the plays or musicals that a lot of them like to do as well. So we love to do that. And if she does have a free moment, you'll find her reading a book on our deck. She lo still loves to read. Um, and then for myself, uh, 10 years now at Westview uh, as pastor of teaching and leadership there. Uh, love the staff I get to work with there. Love uh, the leaders I get to work with. Um, like many, many other places, COVID was hard for us. Uh, but I was very grateful for a sabbatical that I was able to have. It was supposed to be 2020, became 2021. And, uh, but during that time, I was really able just to pause for the, really the first time in 15 years and just to 
reflect. And that's not something I do naturally, to stop and pause and reflect and to uh, think about where God had led us and where God was leading us and, and, and how we've continued to grow as person and pastor. And so very grateful for that. Uh, still try to run, still try to work out, still try to lift, but, you know, that insatiable craving for ice cream is still my strongest vice. And if it's got sprinkles on top, I'm still good with that as well. So yeah, that's a little update for our family. It's been great to connect with some of you before worship. Look forward to, look forward to connecting with many of you afterwards as well. But uh, thanks for letting me share just a little bit about our family. Uh, but I'm not here just to talk about our family. I'm here to share God's word uh, together with you. So I'd love to do that at this time. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you or you have Bibles in the pew or you got your Bible on your app on your phone, I'm going to invite you to take that out with me right now. I'm going to invite you to leave your, our passage open as we uh, read it today and as we study it together. Uh, we're going to be in two places this morning. Now, I'm going to tell you the second place first, so if you have a hard copy of God's Word, you can bookmark it. Uh, we're going to be in Romans is the second passage. So Romans is in the New Testament. Uh, after the book of Acts, before the book of Corinthians, you're going to find Romans. Right in the middle is chapter 8. Go to the end of chapter 8, start in verse 35 or so. And when you have that spot marked, then you can put your finger there or bookmark there, your bulletin there, whatever you've got. And then our primary passage is going to be from the book of Isaiah. And Isaiah is this big book, just a little right of center in the Old Testament. And you're going to find the book of Psalms, Proverbs, those are big books. Go to the right a little bit. If you're in the big books of Jeremiah or Ezekiel, go to the left a little bit. You'll find this big book of Isaiah will be in chapter 43. And we're going to look at the first seven verses uh, together. So before we read and study God's word, would you please uh, join me in a time of prayer? God, we just paused. We take a deep breath. Uh, we are wanting to be cognizant of this holy moment that we get to share together as family and friends. Where we get to open your holy word. And we get to read it. And talk about it together. Lord, we recognize that as hard as we might listen and as eloquently as we maybe will speak, nothing is going to happen in this moment unless it's by the power of your Spirit. So we pray, Holy Spirit, fall upon us. Lead and guide, we ask, in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, perhaps you feel the same way that I feel. And that is, I feel like from the moment I get up to the moment I go to bed, I am inundated with information. Uh, the messages consistently come at me one after another, after another, after another, after another, after another. That there are so, 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 so many messages that come at us every moment of every day, whether whether it's the billion text messages we send or the snaps that we send or, or the social media that we consume from Snapchat to Facebook to, to Instagram to TikTok to, to YouTube or, or, or whether it's conversations we're having with our business partners or our classmates or our neighbors or, or if you're like me, you've got that inner critic voice in your head that, that shares messages with you and they're not always so healthy. I mean, anybody relate to what I'm talking about here? That all of this stuff is coming to us all the time. And I'm convinced that in the midst of all these messages and all of these, these words that are coming in one ear, and they're not necessarily leaving, they're rattling around in our head, I'm convinced that in the midst of all the stuff that comes at us, we now more than ever need to hear what the Lord is saying. 
And we need to hear what the Lord has a message for us. A message that the Lord has to us. A message that the Lord has about us. And not just that we hear it, but that, that we, we claim it. We, we own it. And, and even more than that, that we, we rest in it. God has something to say to his people here in Isaiah 43. And what's fascinating is that it is the very same people who were there in Isaiah 42. And at the end of Isaiah 42, it ends with some of the lowest moments experienced by the people of God because in the Isaiah 42, God is naming some harsh realities and he's sharing some harsh words. He's sharing that, that the people here have fallen into, into spiritual decay and spiritual ignorance and spiritual failure. And that's how Isaiah 42 ends. And so to these people, in Isaiah 42, now into 43, the Lord has something to say. Just as I believe that the Lord has something to say to us, we too who might feel frustrated or feel at times like a failure or even just feel fear. Or perhaps who just struggle with anger or anxiety or having unmet expectations. The Lord has something that he wants to say to us that will cut through all the other messages that surround us this day. So join with me in listening to the word of the Lord here in Isaiah 43. Follow along as we read these words from the book that we love. But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you and people in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Amen. You know, in my estimation, those are seven of the most comforting verses in all of scripture given their biblical context and also their eternal relevancy and, and if i had all the time in the world this morning i would love to stand here and share with you everything that the lord is saying to his people how how the lord is saying i've created you for my glory and and i do not want you to fear because i've redeemed you and and i am with you wherever you go but there's something here in this passage that the Lord says to his people that I believe stands out above all the rest. He 
there's a question that I like to ask at the first premarital counseling session with a couple. And I love to ask it because their reaction is way better than the response. Because most couples are just a little nervous to meet with a pastor about premarital counseling. And so when I ask this question, they, they maybe squirm a little bit and they start to sweat a little bit and they look at each other like, is he serious? And, and, they, and they start to stammer through an answer and it, it's just kind of fun to sit back and watch. And, and then sometimes they nail it. You want to know what the question is? simply this. Why do you want to get married? And after I let them struggle for a little bit, I tell them there's a method to this madness. And, and that's this, because in the midst of the hustle and the bustle of all the wedding plans and all the, the details and all the decisions that have to be made. Plus, you have on top of that, some of them are trying to finish school and some of them are working and some of them are dealing with family dynamics and some of them are trying to still connect, stay connected with friends. And in, in the midst of all that is going on, sometimes it is just so good. And sometimes it is so necessary to be reminded, why are we doing this? Why do you want to get married? Because we love each other. Friends, sometimes we just simply need to hear those words, don't we? I love you. North Holland, that is the heart of today's message. I'm going to be honest with you this morning. I do not have uh, a special, fantastic message ready for you this morning. I mean, I mean, if you were hoping for some clever visual illustration or some complicated Hebrew word to say, or if you were hoping for some winsome words woven together by the clever pen of a preaching poet, or if you wanted some thundering gospel proclamation, if you wanted something like that this morning, I'm going to apologize right now, this ain't it. Maybe next time. All I have for us this morning is a simple reminder of what God wants to say to us and about us and for us. Because sometimes in the hustle and bustle of life, when there's stress and there's schedules and there's stress because of schedules or when there's pain and when there's hurt in our own lives or in the lives of those that we love or when there's fears and frustrations and worries and anxieties or or, or when plans that we make go awry, and, and sometimes we're just trying to make it through the day, the daily grind, another day, another meeting, another hour, another deadline. Sometimes in the midst of all of that, we just need to hear this. We need to be reminded of this simple truth, that this is what the Lord says. I love God loves you and me and all of us. Would you say this with me? Say, say, say the words, God loves me. Would you say that out loud? Ready? God loves me. D do it again. God loves me. Now this time I want you to listen to your own voice. Say that truth. Are you ready? 
God loves me. Now, here's what I want you to do. Turn to your left or to your right. Turn to a neighbor in front of you or behind you. It does not matter who. Turn, stop looking at me for a moment and look around you. Turn to somebody. You might know them. They might be a family member. You might love them. You might not know who they are. Turn to them. Look in their eyes because it does not matter who you are looking at this morning. The truth remains the same. God loves them. So I want you to look them in the eyes and say, God loves you. Ready? Do that. God loves you. Now you're going to turn the other way. Turn to the left or the right, in front of you, behind you. Turn to someone new this morning because the truth remains the same. Turn to them and look in them in the eyes and say those same three words, God loves you. Ready? God loves you. God loves you. And friends, I'm, I'm going to tell you this morning, there is nothing special about this message, but the message that I get to declare today perhaps might be the most important message any of us will ever hear. Today or this week or this month or this year or ever in our lives, that this is what the Lord says I love you. I love how these words are here in verse 4, which is sort of like this middle fulcrum of our passage. And these verses, these, these words, they, they, they are the rationale and the reason and the explanation for what God does and what God has done and what God will do. And if you look at verse 4 with me, it begins with these words that say, since you are, which, which means to us that the words that are about to come are rooted in something that is already established. That there's no other work that is necessary. There's no other tasks left to do on the to-do list to make true what comes next. It is already the case. And it says, since you are precious. Now, when you hear the word precious, don't have in your mind the voice of Gollum from the Lord of the Rings who holds that rings and says, my precious. You know what I'm talking about? Don't get that voice in your head. Because the word there for precious means valued. It's referring to like a a gem of great worth. And instead of thinking of Gollum, I would love for you to think of Abilene Clack. You know who that is from The Help? The movie The Help or the book The Help? She is the nanny of Mae Mobley. And Mae is this little girl whose mom is feeding her those messages we were talking about before. Not helpful messages. And Abilene loves this child that she nannies and cares for. And so Abilene says to May, repeat after me, you is kind, you is smart, you is important. That's us in the sight of God. We is kind, we is smart, we is important, we are. And verse 4 goes on and says, since you are precious and honored in my sight. Now the word there, honored, means weighty. Now we're not talking about what that number is doing on my scale. We're talking about significance. We're talking about being valued, of honored, of, of dignity, honorable. Have you ever been in a courtroom when the judge walks in and how the whole tenor of the room changes because the honorable so-and-so has walked in? That's what this word is about. You are significant. And then verse 4 goes on from that, and, and before we look at that, I, I have to admit that, that as I read this passage, and I read it over again and over again and over again, I get to those next few words, and I, I, I catch my breath every time. 
Because I, I am awestruck that these words, those three little words, show up in the Bible like this. Because I'm familiar with these words. I, I, I'm familiar with these words. You know, those, those, they're the same words that are spoken by those sweaty, palmed young people who are trying to say these words of commitment to another person that they've never said before. They're the same words. I'm familiar with these words. As a, uh, there's a mom who's, who's holding their newborn child. It's the same words that are whispered at night between a, a couple that's been married 40, 50 years before they drift off to sleep. They're, they're the same words that are spoken by a little child as she holds that little puppy or that little kitty. And here they show up as well. I love you. Friends, try, try to get your mind around this with me, that, 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 that the almighty and all-powerful and ever-present God of this universe says those words to us. That the same God who, who created the grandeur of the mountains and, and the raging seas, the God who artistically designed every bird and I suppose every snake as well, and, and the same God who, who, who strategically placed every star in the sky and the God who designed every one of those stunning West Michigan sunsets, this same God who has made all of these things that we stand in awe of, this same God looks at you and looks at me and says those words, I love you. This is what the Lord says. And as great as that is, I'm going to tell you it even gets better than that. Because you ever have it in your life where You've heard those words from someone and then no longer in your life. I mean, I, I've had that in my life where there was that special someone who said those three words to me. And then for whatever reason, I was no longer the apple of their eye, which I'll just pause and say I'm totally good with. But in the moment, it hurts. Sometimes it hurts a lot. And here God is saying these words to us, which is great and wonderful, but it's also even more wonderful because of something else I want to show you. So if you have that other passage available to you, Romans 8, turn there with me now. It's not just the fact that the Lord is saying to you and me this morning, I love you, but, but, but check out what it says here in, in, in Romans 8, starting in verse 35, which, which names a question that if we can just take a step, step back and be honest, it's a question that I would dare guess all of us have if we haven't said it, we've at least thought it. Verse 35 says this, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? In other words, what can separate me from the love that God has for me in Jesus Christ? Or, or what can happen? Or, or what could I do that will separate me or divide me from God's love? And Paul, who is the author here, he gives some ideas. Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sore? Maybe let's just keep the list going. Shall bad grades, or poor athletic performance, or a sputtering career, or the addiction, or the hot temper, or the number on the scale, or the political leanings, or not fitting the social norm, or the sporadic devotion time, or, or fill in the blank with whatever is true for you. Name in this moment right now whatever it is that is the catalyst for you that brings up that question in your heart. That if this should happen, 
will God still love me? Or if that takes place, will I lose God's love? Or, or if I do this, or if this happens to me, then I am no longer lovable to God. Friends, whatever that is in your heart and your life, I want you to name it right now in your mind. I want you to put it right there in front of you. Because we want to ask the question this morning, can that separate us from the love of God? Can that remove God's love from us? So whatever it is, hold that out in front of you. And, from the, and, and can that thing, whatever it is for you this morning, can that remove God's love for you? Can it? See, Paul is emphatic here. You know what he says? No. No, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. He's saying, no, they cannot. Whatever you are holding out this morning, no, it cannot. Because then Paul, he pens verses 38 and 39, which, which are two of the most, I believe, most important verses in all of Scripture. Verses that I pray will fall upon your heart today. Where Paul says, I am convinced I am certain, I am assured, I am convicted of this. I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen to the last part again. Nothing in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. North Holland, tell me you hear that this morning. Tell me that those words are finding a home in your heart. Tell me that we are hearing that God is saying to us, I love you, and that there is nothing that can ever, 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 ever remove God's love from us. No F's on the report card. No bad decisions made in the heat of the moment. No missed shots. No slow races. No failed marriages, no rebellious kids, no absentee parents, no lack of promotions, no falling off the wagon, no whatever comes next for you that in order to complete that sentence, nor anything else that can ever complete that sentence. There is nothing in all of creation that is able, will be able to separate us from the love of God. This is what the Lord says. I love. North Island, it is almost too simple a truth in a message. And yet at the same time, when we think about it, it is almost incomprehensible. And so whether we find comfort in its simplicity or whether we stand in awe of its enormity, here's the thing. I don't believe that there is one person here this morning that needs to hear what the Lord is saying to us today. I don't believe that there are a couple select individuals that need to hear what the Lord is saying to us today. I don't believe that there's several of us that need to hear what the Lord is saying to us today. See, I don't believe any of that. But I stand before you today on this Sunday morning, July 30, 2023, having driven 485 miles to be here because I am one 
100% convinced with every bit of my being that every single person listening to this word in this moment needs to hear this message that the Lord is saying to us. He says, I love you. We all need this. Whether we are the new mom or the grieving widow, whether we are the retiree or the empty nester or the kid off to college soon, whether we are the star athlete or the brilliant performer or the gifted musician, whether we are the, the successful entrepreneur or the, the person living paycheck to paycheck, whether we are the, the kid who's coloring right now or the teen who has long tuned me out or, or the person who is attentively taking notes or, or whether we're the person who's just trying to stay awake this morning, whether we are a lifelong worshiper here at, at North Holland or whether we are a first-time guest here, whether we are in person or are watching online, whether we are young or old, whether we are healthy or alien, whether, whether we are committed or whether we are disconnected or whatever other classification I have yet to name, but it fits you because you too are included in this. We all need to hear what the Lord is saying. And he says, I love you. And so North Holland, my prayer is that you receive these words today from the Lord. And they are for you, whatever you need them to be. From a God who has created us, a God who has redeemed us, a God who has, who is, who's promised to be with us, let these words fall upon our hearts, our souls, our lives, and let them be words of comfort, or joy, or hope, or promise, or peace, or rest. Let these words be whatever you need them to be today, because this is what the Lord says. I love you. Amen. Pray with me, please. God, our prayer is just very simple. Thank you for your love for us. Amen.